am Simon Rubius, and this is Rubius Rambles. Today we're going to be talking about the Tales of Beetle the Bard, which is a collection of children's stories for wizarding children in the Harry Potter universe. Before I dive into that, I just want to make uh, a couple points really quick. Um, Teach their own. Uh, I know everybody interprets art in different ways, and there's no getting around that. Um, nor should there be a way around that art is made for people to interpret differently and to feel different emotions. I'm just here to point out some of the conservative values that people try to ignore while reading these um, world-renowned stories. Beauty is absolutely in the eye of the beholder, which is something that goes along with to each their own. Um, We can all identify with Um, different values and things like that, but some of them are just so heavy-handed that you can't get around it. Um, And the last point I want to make is this topic is really easy to talk about, uh, censoring history, censoring children's stories. It's a really easy topic to talk about because most people um, with a functioning brain would agree. Um, But as, as I go on and I make more podcasts, the topics are probably going to get a little bit heavier. Some of the topics, like I really want to go over Animal Farm, 1984, um, which are really powerful fiction books. And uh, when I start getting into those topics a little bit more, it's there's going to be more re- uh, ramification for uh, for what I say here on the podcast. So again, you're listening to Rubius Rambles, and I am Simon Rubius. The Tales of the Beetle of the Bard is a collection of children's stories for wizarding children in the Harry Potter universe. Um, It's known for being in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the last of the Harry Potter books. And uh, it's it's a really well-written book. Uh, The children's stories in it are very good. There's five of them, and I actually have the book here with me. Um, I highly, highly suggest if you're a Harry Potter fan... Um, go and buy the Harry Potter series because they're probably going to try and censor it at some point. And while you're at it, I highly suggest getting the Tales of the Beetle the Bard uh, because uh, the cover is great. Um, it just feels good to have in your hands. And it uh, has notes in it uh, by Albus Dumbledore, which if you're listening to this, you already know that because it's the title of the episode. Um and it's written by J.K. Rowling, uh, the girl that wrote, the woman that wrote uh, Harry Potter. And the stories in it are fantastic. Today, I am just going to be going over one of the stories, um, The Wizard and the Hopping Pot, and talking about Albus Dumbledore's notes on the history of this story. Uh, but before I go into uh, a small recap of the story... And, uh, and and Albus Dumbledore's notes on the story. I'm going to talk about uh, one thing that's said in the introduction that's written by J.K. Rowling. So in the introduction of this book, J.K. Rowling talks about Dumbledore's notes within the book and the history of all of these children's stories. And on the second page of the introduction, uh, she's talking about how 
the wizarding children's stories are kind of like muggle children's stories, non-magical people, um, except there's different lessons in it because it's written for wizards and witches, uh, people with magical powers. I, I thought what was really crazy in the introduction and is really representative of people trying to tear down statues all over the world right now um, and literally trying to rewrite actual worldly history. I thought this was just, I thought this was a powerful, not even powerful, but obvious um, representation of why that is dangerous. Um, I'm not going to read you the entire second page, but I will read you exactly what I'm talking about. Again, this is the second page in the introduction written by J.K. Rowling. In the tales of Beetle the Bard, we meet heroes and heroines who can perform magic themselves, and yet we find it just as hard to solve their problems as we do. Beetle's stories have helped generations of wizarding parents to explain the painful fact of life to their young children, that magic causes as much trouble as it cures. Now, from comparing it to real life right now, that's incredibly important. It helps wizarding parents to explain the painful fact of life to their young children. If you start censoring history and take out all the things you don't agree with or the things that make you feel uncomfortable, you're losing tools to help raise the next generation of children. And I just think that's a great, great metaphor, a great analogy. Um, and that last line, the magic that that magic causes as much trouble as it creates. I actually think that's a, a metaphor for love. Love is the most powerful emotion a human being can feel. And I feel, and I, I, I think most people do, that love can create problems just as easily as it can cure problems. So um, I thought that was just really interesting. And again, that's written by J.K. Rowling in the beginning. Uh, of the book, and there's a lot more um, metaphors just with inside the introduction, but I'm going to let you go out, listen to the book uh, on audio, or uh, buy the book. I highly suggest buying the book because if you have it on audio, uh, that probably means that you're downloading it from like Audible or something like that, and I do feel like a lot of these stories are going to be censored if uh, we keep going down the path that we are not only in America, but all over the world. The, t the, the Wizard in the Hopping Pot is a story about um, a wizard that lives in the 1500s, and uh, he is helping the, the Muggle villagers around him with their sickness, uh, their farm animals, really just with their problems in general. And when he dies, he leaves all of his belongings, the house, and everything to his young child, who is also, or not young child, young man, uh, his young son, uh, he leaves everything to, to his son, and the, the, the reason for the hopping pot is because the hopping pot is the cauldron, really, is, is, is what the, 
the father used to use to make it seem like uh, he had like a healing cauldron instead of calling attention to the fact that he was a wizard. Um, now, when the son takes over and people start coming to him for help, he completely and utterly dismisses the fact that he can help these people and and becomes uh, really just uh, like a hermit. He becomes, uh, he gets so withdrawn inside of himself and he just doesn't care about the the people around him. Not even, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't really like uh, some of the wizards that are around him too. He just sounds like a, a bitter man. Now that's just my opinion. It's not actually written in there, but again, I'm paraphrasing the story. And uh, what ends up happening is he get, kind of gets a taste of his own medicine in a sense that the hopping pot that his father used to use to help all these, these muggles in the village um, starts to take on the ailments of the muggles that are coming and asking for help. So one example is this woman comes and says her child is covered in warts and that his father would help heal those warts. Now, when he slams the door in this woman's face, the hopping pot grows a brass foot and starts hopping around and is covered in warts. And this hopping pot doesn't actually stop until numerous amount of people come to him and ask for some sort of help. And every single time the pot takes on the new characteristic of the problems that these muggles are going through. And it all builds up to the point where he realizes that he does need to help. And instead of just using the hopping pot, what he does is he actually takes out his wand, he goes around town, and, and he helps heal people. And it's a short story, and I highly suggest going to read it for yourself. I don't know if that was a good um, breakdown of the entire story, but that's why we're talking about Albus, uh, Albus Dumbledore's notes on the matter. Uh, but go and read it for yourself. I'm sure you can find it online, too, if you just wanted to read it online. Um, but the, the message was uh, being pro-muggle and be, really being pro-human about helping other people. So now on Albus Dumbledore's notes on the wizard and the hopping pot. Um, on page 12, Dumbledore clearly states how surprising it is that the copy of this story wasn't destroyed in the past. And I'm not going to read you the whole page, but I will read you a quote um, about this. Ooh, I'm on the wrong page, actually. A pro-muggle story showing a muggle-loving father as superior in magic to a muggle-hating son. It is nothing short of amazing that any copies of the original version of this tale survived the flames to which they were so often consigned. And it's, that's just, I mean, that's just, again, another, another, just like in the introduction, that's very representative of how dangerous it is. Not even, re that's not representative of how dangerous it, it is, but it, it shows you how he's surprised that this story wasn't completely burned down. Doesn't mean he doesn't agree with it because as we go through his notes on this story, um, you'll see that, you know, he, he is all for the, the actual story being told. Um, on page 14, 
Uh, on page 14, it begins by talking about uh, the International Statue of Wizarding Secrecy, which was put place in 1689, um, where wizard kind voluntarily went underground. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch upon uh, the metaphors with inside wizards going underground and separating themselves from muggles. I'm gonna save that um, for another episode if people enjoy this episode. But I am gonna read a huge section of page 14 of the Tales of Beetle the Bard, and here it is. And this is Albus Dumbledore's notes on the matter. Children being children, however, the grotesque hopping pot had taken hold of their imaginations. The solution was just jettisoned to the pro-muggle moral, but kept the watery warty cauldron, so by the middle of the 16th century, a different version of the tale was in wide uh, circulation among wizarding families. In the revised story, the hopping pot protects an innocent wizard from his torch-bearing, pitchfork-taunting, neighbors by chasing them away from the wizard cottage, catching them and swallowing them whole. At the end of the story, by which the time the pot has consumed most of the neighbors, the wizard gains a promise from the few remaining villagers that he will be left in peace to practice magic. In return, he instructs the pot to render up its victims, who are dudly uh, burped up from its depths and slightly mangled. To this day, some wizarding children are only told the revised version of this story by their generally anti-muggle parents, and the original, if and when they ever read it, comes at a great surprise. Now, going back to the introduction of this, um, of this entire book, these stories would help wizarding parents help their children understand some of the reality, the evil, the, the hard realities of life. And why I decided to read this whole section, which goes on to page 15 of the book, is because, one, I don't need to say it again, but I will. Uh, you know, it's dangerous to censor children's stories. Uh, it's dangerous to censor history because if you take out all the bad parts of it, you have nothing to learn from. But what I thought was really interesting, and this kind of goes to um, all the the white liberals who are kind of backing down, and it's not just white liberals anymore, it's, it's, it's everybody, but the, the white people that are, are uh, backing down and kind of want this pacifier version of history, I thought it was really interesting, this line where, where she, uh, Albus Dumbledore writes, to this day, some wizarding children are only told the revised version of this story by their, in quotes, generally anti-muggle parents. And I think that's representative of people that are claiming on to this segregated idea that black lives matter. Now, I don't want to dive deep into that right now because this episode is about censoring history, but I thought it was very crazy how Dumbledore wrote in the quotes of his notes on this story that they were told the revised story by their generally anti-muggle parents. And I think it just goes, it goes to show you that, that most of the people that need this, this movement of segregation of communism, really, 
um, generally have had these anti-unity, you know, racist ideologies in the back of their head. Um, again, I'm not going to go too deep on Black Lives Matter in this episode. Um, I have other stories that I have that I th- or that we have, you have, that I think are better examples of what the Black Lives Move Black Lives Matter movement is. Um, so I'll get deeper into it on another episode um, with a different story, probably. But I just thought that was so representative of what's going on today that the people that were trying to censor this story were anti-Muggle and. As Americans and as decent people all throughout the world, unity is such a big deal and the division in all of the countries right now is just huge because it's it's setting up a way for just division, just for division and all the other bad stuff that's going on in the world. But we're going to move on. Uh, so, um... Page 16 of Albus Dumbledore's notes. He talks, uh, so Dumbledore keeps going on about uh, his his ideas of the, the censoring of this story throughout history, but he gets to a point where he talks about people actually demanding for the story to be taken down or the revision of these stories to be the only... Um, the only, the only, the only copies of the story that should be told, um, and this is written no other than by a Brutus Malfoy, who is the grandfather of Lucius Malfoy, from the Harry Potter books. Um, so, Brutus in 1675 wrote, "This we may state with certainty." Any wizard who shows fondness for the society of muggles is of low intelligence, with magic so feeble and pitiful that he can only feel himself superior if surrounded by muggle pigmen. Nothing is surer sign of weak magic than a weakness for non-magical company. Now, I think this is representative of how young liberals have been taught that anybody that has a different opinion than theirs is evil and is not even worth your time. And in fact, if you do engage in conversation with them, you're just you're just stooping down to their quote-unquote uh, racist, sexist, just putting these names on it like, uh, what, did he, what did he use? Muggle pigmen. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it, you're demonizing not only, oh, not only a whole group of people in the, in this case, the muggles, but you're also demonizing any wizard who associates with a muggle. And that is, (laughs) I mean, if that, that is not the attack that fascist leftists are taught, right? If that's not what, uh. If that's not, if you don't see the correlation with that, then then keep listening, <laughs> because we're gonna keep getting into it. We're gonna keep pulling more of this apart. Uh, also, oh, also, I wanted to do. Uh, I, I need to go back uh, on page fifteen when we were talking about the generally anti-Muggle parents um, in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, um, when Lord Voldemort is uh, 
when he is in full-fledged, uh, like, taking over mode, uh, you listen to, uh, or they, Ron pulls up a Potter Watch, which is the underground radio show that inspired this show, but it also pulled up the... It also it also pulled up the fact that 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 wizards were helping their Muggle counterparts when things were getting really bad in the Deathly Hollows. So, uh, you know, I just I thought that was another great example. I'm gonna take a sip of my water. Um, now, Brutus Malfoy was not the only Malfoy in the story uh, in the Harry Potter universe to call for the banning of this book, and it's. It just, it just goes to show you that these these elitists these these are in my opinion I think it, it shows you that these elitists uh, they think they're so above everything and they're so they're gonna save the purity of everything that wizards stand for that they're literally calling for the disband of a book a children's story because they think it's promoting evil ideologies and I actually wrote a note here while I was uh, preparing the show. <laughs> It's kind of like um, the whole Ellen DeGeneres and George Bush thing from, uh, I think it was in 2019, where she was seen at a, I don't know if it was a football game or a baseball game, but she was seen chatting it up with George Bush, and the left just demonized her, saying that he was a war criminal and that she can't have conversations with them. Now, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't really have strong opinions on Ellen or George Bush because they're just two people that don't interest me. I have, I, I mean, I have some opinions of George Bush, but that's for a completely different uh, podcast. But I just thought that was another analogy of, you know, Brutus Malfoy's writing that nothing is sure sign of weak magic than weakness for non-magical company, you know, and that, again, going back to the conservative thing, you know, if you have different opinions, then somebody these 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 this young generation is just and 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 now it's seeping into the older generations that have you know that 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 it's just not okay that it's a sign of weakness it's a sign that you're turning evil if you um engage in conversation or even god forbid friends with people that think differently than you um so i thought that was another powerful um analogy of what's going on in the world nowadays uh and here we're going to my last point, and this is this is actually the reason why I decided to do this episode first. Uh, in uh, do I have the date here? This is on page seventeen of the Tales of the Beetle and the Bard, Professor Dumbledore's notes on the Wizard and the Hopping Pot, and uh, I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read almost the entire page of this. So. The final objection to the wizard in the hopping pot remains alive in certain quarters today. It sums up best, perhaps, by Beatrix... I'm going to butcher her last name, but Bloxham. And it's a good thing she's not real, so... <laughs> Author of the infamous Toadstool Tales. Miss Bulkstam believed that the tales of the Beetle and the Bard were damaging to children because of what they called... what she called their unhealthy preoccupation with the most horrid subjects such as death, disease, bloodshed wicked magic, unwholesome characters, and bodily infusions, and eruptions of the most disgusting kind. Miss Bloxham took a variety of old stories, including a sev several of Beatles, and rewrote them according to her ideals. 
which he expressed as filling the pure minds of our little angels with healthy, happy thoughts, keeping their sweet slumber free of wicked dreams, and protecting their precious flower of innocence. The final paragraph of Miss Bloxham's pure and precious reworking of The Wizard in the Hopping Pot reads, The little golden pot danced with the light, hoppity-boppity-hop, it's a tiny rosy toe on its tiny rosy toes. We Willikins had cured all the dollies of their poorly tumtums, and the little pot was so happy that it was filled up with sweeties for Willie Wilkinsons and the dollies. But don't forget to brush your teethy pegs, cried the pot, and we Willikins kissed and hugged the hoppity pot and promised always to help the dollies and to never be an old grumpy grumpy wumpykins again. Miss Bloxham's tale has met the same response from generations of wizarding children. Uncontrollable wrenching, followed by an immediate demand to have the book taken from them and mashed into a pulp. And that's literally the last two pages of Albus Dumbledore's notes on the wizard and the hopping pot. And there's just so much in there that's just, I mean, if you can't, if you've been listening to this entire podcast, which I thank you for, uh, like, share, and subscribe, and uh, leave a review wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Um, if you if you haven't been listening, you, you just know this is riddled with what's going on nowadays. I mean, let's go back to page 17. Um, I think this, this is, this is, this is just, it's just so representative of what's going on right now. The tales on the Beetle Bar were damaging to children because of what she called their unhealthy preoccupation with the most horrid subjects. And then she goes and she lists all the horrid subjects. So what does she do? She gets rid of these horrid subjects, right? And it's not just from the wizard and the hopping pot. It's it's from all of the five tales that are written with inside uh, the tales of the Beetle and Bard. Uh, and... And, and so she writes this garbage. She writes this absolute garbage ending with nor... I mean, what's, what's the moral you get from it? What's the moral you get from it? That, that you brush your teeth after you eat sweets? I mean, the, the hopping pot literally was eating people of non-magical descent. And then spitting them back up mangled. And the, and the people that were mangled and destroyed just for who they were, right, had to agree to let the wizard practice magic in peace. But they had already been destroyed by it when all they wanted was help. Now, I don't have the, rever- the revised version of The Wizard in the Hopping Pot because I don't think J.K. Rowling is going to put that out. But at the same time, you know, this last line is the battle that we're facing right now. Uh, Her tale had met the same response for generations of wizarding children. Uncontrollable wrenching, followed by an immediate demand to have the book taken from them and mashed into a pulp. Kids aren't doing that. Kids aren't smart enough, because they're kids, to, to challenge the people that are in place to teach them. So if someone's teaching them and forcing this revised work of a children's story, The Wizard in the Hopping Pot, right? You know, they're not going to just be like, oh, this is garbage. They're just not going to give a shit about the story. And excuse my language, I have to bleep that out. But still, they're not going to care. They're not going to care. So in conclusion, I think 
that it's our job to make sure that America's history, that the UK's history, that Australian history, that Indian history, uh, India's history, I guess is the better way to say it, Israel's history, um, even Russia's and all of Asia's and all of your, you know, all the country's history cannot be erased just because it's uncomfortable. And Albus Dumbledore agrees. Albus Dumbledore agrees. It's just, you can't censor children's books because it's dangerous. You need to challenge kids at the appropriate age to question things for themselves, and you need to show them slowly the horrid realities of the world. And I think this is just this just this his notes on the first story the wizard in the hopping pot is representative of it so um i mean there's there's absolutely more i could get into with just his notes on this story alone but the rest of the stories and uh the story itself i highly suggest going to read it if you're a harry potter fan and uh and making your own uh, uh your own thoughts uh forming your own ideas and thoughts on what it is to censor history just because it's uncomfortable. So uh, we're reaching the end of the podcast today, but a couple things I just want to say before I go. Um, you know, obviously, I picked and chosed and chose different things from Albus Dumbledore's notes to back up some of my points, and you might read it and think differently. So if you do, I highly suggest going on uh, the Anchor app, which is a podcasting app. Um, you don't have to make your own podcast, but it's incredibly easy to do. And there's an option for you to have voice messages sent directly to my show. It doesn't automatically play, but I can hear them, and I can put them in the show if it's um, something that I think fits into one of my next episodes. Um, so... That's just one way of, you know, starting a discussion with me, if that's something you feel like. If you've been listening to this podcast and it's just been making you mad, um, you know, you can always contact me on all the social medias, at Rubius Rambles, um, or you can email me at rubiusrambles at gmail.com. And if you want to debate me on some of these things, you know, let's start, let's start a dialogue on email, and uh, we'll set up a show, and, you know, one of the episodes can be, um, are debating something about Harry Potter. Maybe there's something something else from everything that I just covered that you you don't agree with and that's what you wanna you wanna debate, you know. If it's if it's worthy of its own podcast, let's do it. Feel free to uh, hit me up again at rubiusrambles at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. Um, right now we're on Parlor, the new um, the new Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, but I don't know how long we're going to be on Facebook, and uh, Instagram, also there, and again, the Anchor app where this podcast is made, it's a great place to get your voice heard, so, uh, or, or, or get your voice directly to me um, through a voice message. Um, I'm, I'm not, my next, my next episode is not going to be about uh, the Tales of the Beetle and the Bard. I would really like to do more from this collection of stories, but... Um, I kind of want to switch it up so we start hitting more than just the Harry Potter universe, and and I have I have a lot of different 
forms of media, TV shows, comic books and stuff that we're going to be going over in the next couple episodes. So if there's something particular you want to hear about, um, let me know. And yeah, if you want to hear more from the Tales of the Beetle and the Bard, uh, Tales of the of Beetle the Bard, <laughs> I keep saying that wrong. Uh, but uh, if you want to hear more from this, because there's some, that's not even the best uh, tale in the book. There's there's a couple other tales in this book that are just so good, so good. So if you want to hear more from uh, the Tales of Beetle the Bard, uh, let me know. And uh, yeah. I am Simon Rubius, and this is Rubius Rambles, signing off. Bloody hell!